I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment, the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head. I could do my own internal, like, yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears. I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and a nourishing and healing postpartum. I offer holistic birth preparation and postpartum online courses worldwide for the conscious mama wanting to prepare emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually for her birth and for her postpartum. And if you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. If you had a natural and empowering birth experience that you would like to share with the world, then you can email me at midwife at gmail.com and maybe your story will be featured on the Natural Birth Podcast. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today we have Jassy. Jassy is a single mom of one from New South Wales, Australia. Jassy left a violent relationship at five months pregnant and ended up having an empowering vaginal breech birth in the hospital with her mother, midwife and sister by her side. And she says that her birth experience totally changed her whole existence. She is now passionate about birth and has become a doula and is aiming to become a midwife in the near future. If you're curious about Jessie, you can find her on Instagram as Diary of a Single Mum. Hello, Jessie, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? Good, good, very good, very excited. I am so excited to finally have you on our podcast because you will be the first empowering, natural, vaginal breach birth story. It's so exciting. Yay! (laughs) Yay! Because it's just something that we don't hear so much about. Usually, especially in some different cultures and countries, uh, having a vaginal breach is so rare. Most women go down the cesarean route. Um, yeah, it's so exciting to have you on to talk to us about your natural, positive, empowering vaginal breach birth story. So, yay! Let's get into it. I cannot <laughs> wait to hear your story. Please, uh, I'm so excited tell to us. share. <laughs> yay! <laughs> and tell us a bit about um, being pregnant and realizing you were breach, and a little bit of that um, story before. So, so I 
I actually, so my pregnancy was fairly normal. I was quite sick in the beginning or until like t- week 20, I think it was. Um, I was extremely sick, vomiting every day. And um, so that was a bit awful. So that sort of took all my, it, I focused all my energy on just trying to feel good each day. Um, and then, yeah, so once that passed, I just sort of enjoyed pregnancy and, you know, just really, really enjoyed it. Like I just loved being pregnant after that. After the initial sickness passed, I was just like, I was like, it was meant to be, I was meant to be a pregnant mama. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so I just carried on throughout my pregnancy and it wasn't until about um, week 36, I think it was that, or week 35 was when I found out that baby was breech. And so it was quite late. So I had a, I had a bit of a plan and I think around the 36 week mark, um, I sat down with my midwives and we created a birth plan together, um, which was, which I had, um, I had planned to birth at, um, to birth at the place I was birthing at with my midwives that I've had throughout the whole pregnancy. But because baby was breech, they sort of let me know around that 36 week mark at the birth plan um, meeting that there was a good chance that I wouldn't be able to birth there because baby was high risk. And um, so that really threw all my plans out the window. I just want to really un- be there and, and say yeah. just for the listeners that it isn't high risk. It is a variation yes. of normal. But that's right. The birth center you were birthing at, um, yes, they working under, in a sense, uh, with a, a hospital and their rules, they could not uh, assist you in birthing at the birth center. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. That's right, one hundred percent. So, so listeners um, out there, it is only a variation of normal. It is not high that's risk. Right. We need to that's change right. this. Uh, and women have been doing this for thousands millions of years like yes. you know it's it's just um that our nurses and midwives have lost touch with the with the way of birthing and um the breach way of birthing and um so you know our midwives and obstetricians aren't always trained to to do that and so it's mm-hmm. like oh my gosh she's got a breach like um yeah. quick let's send her somewhere else sort of thing you know because um yeah because people just aren't trained to deal with it um so, yeah, so around the 36-week mark, I sort of, it sent me into a bit of a, like a bit of a panic. I was just like, yeah. okay, I, I knew for sure that I definitely wanted to birth naturally. And because of what people were saying around me, like the midwives that I had currently had, um, were sort of trying to say, look, we can't facilitate this sort of birth here. And um, it did make me question for a second if me wanting to birth vaginally was the right decision, but I just had to like just reach down inside myself and go, look, is this what I really want to do? Mm. And um, I was 100% confident and, yeah, and then after that I suppose I was just so set on um, on just doing everything how I wanted to do it and letting things be exactly how they were meant to be. Um, I, nothing was really worrying me. Like I was just like, well, you know, and the only thing I had to do at that point was find somebody who was going to, um, allow me to birth in their hospital, Mm. um, um, the way that I wanted to do, which I I got so lucky finding the OBGYN that I found. And, um, 
And yeah, so after that uh, meeting that I had with the new obstetrician, I was like, okay, great. I'm sort of settled in and, um, and I can do things how I want to do things. Um, the only other thing that was making me a bit nervous was the fact that I had to change the location of the birth. Like I had in my mind set where I was going to be birthing and um, the people who was going to be there. And, um, and yeah, so I had to sort of get, get my head around birthing a little bit further away from where I lived for one and birthing in a completely different environment. And, um, I think I went to one or two, um, meetings or appointments or whatever you might want to call them, um, at the new place at the new hospital. And I just sort of met the midwives and I felt right at home and their birthing rooms were beautiful. And I was like, great. Okay. We can relax now. And, um, you know, so it was a little bit hard sort of finding out quite late in the pregnancy and, you know, but it just sort of, it, it happened exactly how it was meant to happen. And, um, yeah. you know, when we initially found out that she was breached at the 35 week mark, um, I think everybody sort of assumed that she would turn and, you know, all the midwives mm. kept saying that it's so, it's so often that babies will turn right at the last minute. And, um, so I did a little yoga practice, like a, like a pelvic lifting up my pelvis and stuff mm. each day. I was sort of doing these things, but I sort of knew that she wasn't going to turn. I just knew that her head was quite happy near my heart. Mm. And, um, and that's just, it's just, I just sort of knew, I think everybody else had quite high hopes, um, you know, that she might turn and everything, but I did know that she wasn't going to turn. Mm. So I just settled into the idea of birthing elsewhere and, um, and yeah, and like we discussed doing an external cephalic version and ECV um, with my OB, but he said, look, because I had such a ticklish tummy and <laughs> even him just checking where if she was engaged or, or whatever, um, I would just like, I would just be in hysterics laughing like, oh my gosh, don't touch me. Like, <laughs> so um, he's like, look, because you're so super ticklish, I don't think you're going to let like the nurses and midwives get that close and, and be able to do exactly what they need to do um, to turn her. And the other thing is that my fluid was quite low. So it wasn't going to be like it, even if I wasn't ticklish, it wasn't going to be an easy turn. Like it was going to be very forced. And, um, and just the whole thought of that, I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I couldn't, um, I couldn't think of anything worse. Like, Mm. and I looked it up and I studied it before and, um, I looked at YouTube videos and I was just, oh my gosh, I was just like, I just did not want that to be my, um, I just knew it wasn't going to be me because I was like, that is so forced. And, um, you know, I just decided that's not going to be for me anyway. And, Mm. um, and yeah, so, so yeah. Great. That's a great introduction. You know, you mentioned that, um, you you found out late and that's it. Like you, Babies can, you know, do somersaults inside yes. for a very long time. And that's right. Babies do turn down, uh, head down um, by the end of their, you know, pregnancy. Yeah. And um, it's around 36 mark, yeah, that that we go, okay, well, now baby's breached. This is your option. So, you know, start talking about it just because you are coming closer to your due date, to the time when baby's term and there could be potentially, you know, birth coming sooner than later, you know, your term at 37 weeks. So yeah, it is a 36 weeks. We go, okay. So what do you want to do? Do you want to have a vaginal birth? Do you want to try to turn baby or do you want to have a cesarean and so on and so forth? So 
Yeah. It is late and it, it, it is um, something that then all of a sudden you have to kind of maybe change your whole birth plan. And yes, yeah. Home and everything. That can be stressful yeah. at the same time. It's just just like birth, pregnancy as well. You know, it's, it's a mystery. It is, um, you know, we try to control it as much as possible with our little minds yeah. and our ways. Yeah. But ultimately it's a woman's mystery and a, you know, life's mystery really why babies do what they do and what they want Mm. yeah yeah that's right um yeah so like as it got sort of closer to the due date mark sort of thing I was like oh my goodness we're so far from the hospital and um at this point I for my support people I had my mum and my sister and I had my midwife that I'd had throughout my pregnancy and my student midwife, but even though I was changing hospitals, they said, look, we're going to try and see if we can come as well. Just because like it's, I suppose it's sort of like that continuity of care. Yeah, um, and they wanted to sort of, and it was also quite amazing that I had agreed and I had been so determined to have the vaginal breech birth. Mm. I feel like um, it was great experience for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so around the due date, we ended up staying a little bit closer at a friend's house, um, a bit closer to the hospital, and um, so that we'd sort of, like, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a stress once I went into labour and if we had to drive a really far distance, like, mm. I suppose that was a bit of a concern. How far um, away were you from the hospital? So I was, I lived about an hour and 15 minutes away from the hospital. Yeah. Um, but because we went and stayed a bit closer, we were literally 15, 20 minutes away from Beautiful. the hospital. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, so I, it sort of all happened like um, I sort of like had a beautiful night's sleep. I, I just slept all night. I just honestly could not believe the timing. Like we had all slept, my family and everybody who was staying at the house was staying at. Um, we'd all had such a beautiful night's sleep. And um, it was around six o'clock in the morning where I just sort of went, oh, I can sort of feel some funny things. And I was in denial at that point. Like I think that all people at the really early stages of labour, you sort of go, no, this is not it. And um, so, yeah, so I went back to sleep until I, I just couldn't, couldn't really sleep through the contractions anymore. And I just got up and I had a shower and washed my hair and sort of did all those lovely things. And then we just sort of casually had some breakfast and got in the car and it was just like, it was just the most beautiful um, way to begin labour, you know. It was no waking up in the middle of the night and being really tired or worried about everybody else not having slept enough and your support people not slept enough, you know. Um, So, yeah, it was just such a... um, such an awesome way to begin labor. Beautiful. Um, so did you, you started feeling some inklings in the morning. What time was that? And when did that you- was about, it was about six o'clock. Yeah. Mm. I'd say it was about six o'clock that I, um, and this was on the 25th of November, right? So it was very early on the 25th. And, um, I think it was about maybe eight o'clock where we decided that it was okay. Yeah. We should sort of start to get ready and head to the hospital. Was that um, what they had recommended, that you came in as soon as you felt? Well, I, I rang up the hospital and I rang up my midwives and I rang my student midwife and um, I just said, look, I'm sort of feeling some stuff. But obviously I was I was very um, chipper and very uh, very early labour, you know, so yeah. I was like, I don't really know if this is it. 
But all the midwives that I talked to, like the ones at the hospital and my midwife and my student midwife all said, like, look, you wouldn't be calling us if you if 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 it wasn't something, you know what I mean? Because I kept saying, oh, I don't know if this is it, so don't jump out of your seat and drive the hour to get here, sort of thing. Because um, I'm not really sure if it's it, and um, and yeah, so I was sort of yeah in a bit of denial, maybe, or I just wasn't sure. That that that's all it was. I was just not sure. It was a first first time labour, first time pregnancy, you know. So you just it's it's all unknown, you know, until you do it. Yeah, and breach is a very different kind of labor than head down. So it's yeah, hard to know. you can't really follow those normal. Yes, yeah, guidelines. Yep. Yeah. yeah, well, I can't really compare it to anything else. <laughs> but um, people say, "Oh, I wonder, I went, was that harder than than like the normal way?" And I was like, "I'm, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I just did what I did at the time, and that's it. All worked out well." Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, so we sort of um, ended up going to the hospital just really gradually and my sister and my mum were driving me and um, my mum was like, just let me know every time you have one. So I was just sort of sitting in the front seat going, oh, here comes one, you know, And but it was really, really calm at that point. Um, so, so, yeah, we sort of got to the hospital and I was like, oh, this is so exciting, all the attentions on me and you know, all these people are fluffing around about around me sort of thing. And um, I'm so excited that a yeah. woman is having a vaginal breach. It's like you're the That's unicorn right. in the That's hospital right. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of people, um, a lot of midwives and stuff really interested in my birth and I was totally open to as many people wanted to be in there, uh, like as many, I was didn't mind, you know. I was like everyone can come in, like I wasn't, I wasn't a, um, a shy birther, you know, I was, I was quite um, open about my situation. I'm having a vaginal breach. That's what I plan to do. You're welcome to come in, <laughs> you know, to gain the experience. That's what I really wanted because during the pregnancy when I was um, even told about the statistics in our area um, of how many women actually do vaginal breach births, I think my obstetrician said it was about 15 women a year will go ahead with a vaginal breach and the rest um, end up going with a cesarean section, which I just thought, wow, that's, um, wow, the, the numbers are so low, you know, like, yeah. and it's because that w- women get talked out of these things because it is a sort of, you, you trust your provider, your care provider, yeah. you trust what they're saying. And, um, and yeah, so I feel like a lot of women get, um, get afraid of the numbers and whatever they're, people are saying to them about it you know and I feel like this is where it needs to get more normalized and um it needs to be talked about more yeah um you know and the other thing is that my baby was in the prime position for a vaginal breach so she was in a frank breach position so she wasn't one leg up one leg down or legs down she was folded in half Mm. like I'm sure you know um Mm which is the perfect way for the bum to come out first. Mm. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's so beautiful that you felt um, that allowance that you felt that, Oh, you know, I want to share this. And because this is the, this is the thing, the reason why it's so slow to normalize vaginal breach again. And um for women to actually feel like it's a really valid choice to do that is because a lot of care practitioners have never seen a breech birth that's right and that's that right. most obstetricians they're very 
secure and feel very confident in cesareans because they do them all the time, yeah. but they might have never seen them, just seen one or two or something, you know, breach births. And so they That's don't right. feel confident in that. So they want you to choose that which they feel more secure doing. Yes. And yeah. um, you actually allowing midwives to see you birth. Yeah. Actually, your breech baby is a huge thing for yeah 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 I was definitely um I was definitely keen for to be the sort of like one of the ones who said look everybody can come in like you know I I just I didn't mind at all you know um the other thing is that I was while I was pregnant is that I I was in a um what do you call like doing birth classes Um, and there was three of us out of like 20 mums or whatever um, that had um, breech babies. And um, I remember going one night to the class and everybody was sort of going around and talking about their baby situation. And mm-hmm. I must have been one of the last people to speak because two women in front of me had said, oh, yeah, we're doing cesarean sections because our babies are breech. And at that point I was like, I sort of realised that, oh, it's really, really not common for us to decide to do a natural vaginal breech birth. Like, and I remember going like, I remember asking one of them, how come you're not, you're not doing a natural birth? And she was like, because my baby's breech. And, and that sort of, it really it sent me into a little bit of like a, th- a thought process, you know, like am I doing the right thing or or just like why? Like I, I just wondered why. But then I suppose over the time I just sort of, I just sort of realised that women get talked out of these things and um, and it's a fear thing, you know, yes. And because at the time I was like why would you do that? Like it's, it's such a long recovery and, um, you know, like it's, you know, and it just, it, it also made me realize how, um, how sure of myself that I was because I I didn't ever really second guess myself. I didn't, I just sort of went, this is what I'm doing. I found the guy to help me. And that was it. Like, um, so I just, I, I remember thinking that I was so, I was so brave, like, and, and wow, like I'm one of these few women who, who do it like, you know? Um, so yeah, so that was sort of, yeah, that was definitely one of those things where I was like, oh, like, but why? Like, why aren't you doing it, you know? But, um, yeah. but yeah, like I, I suppose I was just sure of myself and, um, you know, I did have the support. Like I had my mum who was very supportive of me throughout the pregnancy and said, like, you can do this. And she sort of never guessed it, second-guessed herself either. She just said, look, this is a normal way of birthing. It's just a different way of birthing. That's all. Mm you know so um that's so important too that people around you were also positive to your decision it would have been probably hard for you to take that really yeah. just obvious decision for you if your mom had been really scared or your yes. midwives had been really scared you know Christian yeah. had been like mm, not really sure but because yeah. you had this support team around you they were all like yeah yeah it's a variation of normal and yeah, yeah that's right help you yeah. do this you could feel that confidence from them as well yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, and there were, were a few people who were like, oh, like, oh, you know, are you sure sort of thing? But I just, it just, it's funny because it just sort of didn't even, yeah. I was just like, yeah, that's, yeah, what, what about it? <laughs> you 
know, like I was like, what are you going to say? Like, you know, this is what I'm doing. And, um, you know, um, yeah. So love it. So yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So you come into the hospital, everyone's fluffing around you. It's early morning. What then? So I went to the hospital and I was like, wow, everybody's giving me so much attention. And at this point, still quite early labor. So I'm still able to eat little snacks. And I think I decided that we should go to the cafeteria in the hospital, which was so far away as well. I didn't realize at the time that it was down 7,000 stairs and like two <laughs> elevators. But um, so I sort of was like, I really would like a ham and cheese sandwich. And um, that's just what I felt like. So we finally got to the cafeteria. And got myself one of those and an iced coffee or ice something, and um, and um, that's when I just sort of remember the first big contraction came, and I was in there, and I remember just sitting up at the table and just leaning over my knees, and just tears, so many tears welling up in my eyes. Um, so, so yeah, so that was when I was like, okay, we should get back to the room. So we made the massive trek back to the room and um, that's when I really started to settle into active labour. And, um, and yeah, so I ended up, I think I went into the shower 58 times. Like I was just in and out, in and out, in and out. And um, my midwife and my student midwife had made the drive and they were actually in the room by the time I got back to the, to the room. Um, so, yeah, I was just sort of like, okay, and I was talking in between contractions at this point as well, even though they were quite big. I was still able to sit up and have a laugh and have a little pistachio nut and, um, and yeah, so, um, so, yeah, and then I think, um, I think around maybe midday is when I was like, it was definitely, it was all on, like I was in the shower, on the shower floor I would never get onto a shower floor, you know, like I'm such a clean freak and I would never sit on a shower, I'm on a public shower floor virtually, you know, but I was like laying on the floor being hosed down by the, by the two shower heads. Like my mum and sister had the two shower heads and they were just hosing me down and I was really getting into the groove of it. Um, and I was also quite, um, quite nauseous like I was throwing up a lot in my birth and I feel like this is this was one of the moments that I look back on and go wow it was like such a purge mm. from from my from where I'd come from and um um and just my my past it was just like a purge of all these like negative memories and this negative time that I'd had in my life prior to conceiving my child um it was just a massive purge. It was just a big transitional um, moment, you know. Um, Is that something that you felt during the labour, that that was what you were doing, that you were purging? I definitely, definitely thought, yep, okay, because it felt really good after each throw-up. Like I was yeah. like, wow, I feel on top of the world even though it's, it's quite an intense time. And the labour had gotten quite intense, but after each throw up, was like I felt so fierce. Like mm. I, I knew, always knew that I was quite a fierce person, <laughs> but um, I just was like, "Wow, this is what I'm designed to do." Like it was just, it was just one of these. I, I was just, I was actually just amazed. It was just, I was in awe of myself and what I was doing, and the fact that I was able to really go inside my own head and go, "Wow, let's ride each contraction." Like 
you know, let's really go inside and, and just do it, you know. Um, at one point I think I was jumping out of the shower to go um, back to the hospital, to the bed, the hospital bed that they have in each room. Um, and I think I stopped in the doorway between the bathroom and the room um, and I just set up a, the little mattress there and I laid there in the doorway for a couple of hours it must have been. Um, and at that point I remember going to sleep in between each contraction or just going really deep into some sort of meditational trance, you know, like just, and I suppose also just um, just enjoying the, like, the peace between each contraction, mm. like, and just going, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that last one's over. Let's just, like, let's just have some quiet time and um, just really enjoy the moments between. And I just thought I've actually got photos of that, um, of those moments. Um, and my midwife and my mum were sitting on either side of me. And I just, yeah, it was just such a tranquil, peaceful time, you know, that time in the doorway. <laughs> So, yeah, like I, um, yeah, so um, at about 8 o'clock at night, so I had laboured for most of the day and afternoon just like in the room, in and out of the shower because with vaginal breech births they don't actually allow you to get into the birth ball, um, the bath or whatever because they can't see what's going on. If they need to get to you quickly then they can't, you know, and the baths I'm sure you know that they're quite high and, you know, it is hard to, like, you know, you wouldn't want your obstetrician just to slip in the bath with you <laughs> trying to get you out. So, um, so yeah, so I wasn't allowed in the pool but um, I was just in the shower, in and out of the shower the whole time. Um, and at this point I had had two vaginal examinations um, which frankly I wouldn't do next time I next time I give birth just because like I, I did at the time I felt sort of a bit um like I didn't realize I could just say no I'm not doing that absolutely not like and um, now I know that you can actually refuse to have people touch you um I will do I would not not do the vaginal examinations next time because they were probably the worst part of the whole thing is um um having somebody like do that and I just remember dreading it and it really pulled me out to this panicked sort of state before each one mm. I was like oh my gosh you know and then having somebody's fingers inside you and if a, a contraction comes like mm. oh my gosh it was just it was just yeah it's just awful but um but yeah as well because they were quite um they were watching me quite closely they also really wanted to just know for themselves how far along I was and you know, where things were at, like as well, they were checking the heartbeat and stuff. I'll, I probably remember them checking it every 15 minutes the whole time. Yep. Um, you know, so that was quite, uh, I was sort of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like having someone, I was just getting into the groove and then having them check the heartbeat every five seconds was, was a lot to um, mentally manage. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, next time I probably won't allow the vaginal examinations because, um, cause, yeah, even though the midwives are lovely about it, but um, it's just I didn't personally love it. I'm sure nobody does, <laughs> you yeah, know. Um, absolutely. And when it comes to vaginal examinations, you know, they're, as you go into hospital or birth centre, um, there are these policies in, that are in place that you know, right. each 15 minutes this, each half an hour this, each hour this, each two hours this, each four hour that. 
And yeah. so policy guides, you know, to do vaginal examinations every four hours, which you can decline. And especially yeah. if you have rapport with your midwife or obstetrician, you will know when something is routine and how they word that and say, you know, okay, so, you know, is it all right if we do this? And you can say, well, actually, no, I don't want that. Or if they go, we really, for, you know, to know how labor progresses for this and this reason is why we would suggest to do this. It's a totally different reason that there's actually a reason, not just routine behind doing it. Yeah. Um, then you can have the full information on why and the benefits and the, and the risks with doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So about eight o'clock, I think it was in the evening, um, my obstetrician sort of came in and said, look, I'm going to do another vaginal examination. And I was like, oh, my gosh, okay, fine. Like sort of had to hype myself up for this one because I was quite um, far into labour. Um, so I really had to mentally and physically prepare Um for it so I sort of waited for a little break between contractions and they were quite close together at this point um so there wasn't much time for him to get in and out before another one came um so I I ended up I did that one and he suggested at that point that I would have my waters broken um which I was not open to at that point I was like absolutely not no more sticking things anywhere like (laughs) I just no I just didn't want it and um and then everyone around me said look it's really gonna speed things up and um you know it's gonna um it's gonna allow you to pass and and like go through this process just a, a little bit quicker and um you might progress to the next stage like pushing and whatever and um so I think it must have been about an hour later where I just said fine like fine please just come and do it and um and he did it and it was funny because I recall very clearly um he had the little crochet needle thing um and he had just broken it and I felt the big gush and I just I kicked his arm straight out I just it was just a reflex I just said okay you're done and I kicked his arm out and his crochet hand and his crochet hook had like flown across the room and I was like oh my gosh thank god like you know no more touching me you know that's it and um and I did later apologize for that I said look I'm really really sorry I do remember and he's like oh don't worry what happens in birth stays in birth love it so yeah so that was a a bit of a funny um experience I guess for both of us (laughs) do you want a natural birth mama then a natural birth course might be for you do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you 
and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth. Then the natural birth course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. So the contractions at that point after the water's been broken got quite um, a lot more like um, intense, you know. Yeah, um, not, there's no cushioning anymore. That's right. That's right. So everything progressed very fast. And, um, and at this point um, I remember getting up and just trying to go do a wee because everybody sort of reminds you do, do a wee and, and have some water and do another wee and it feels like it's the whole time they're asking you to do that. But it's probably once every eight hours, you know. Um, <laughs> But so I got up and I just remember this black, black stuff coming out Ooh. all over my legs and onto the floor. And I'm like, wow, like, wow, what is that? And uh, I remember my mum saying to somebody, I could hear her in the corner saying, like, oh, wow, like, what is that? And, um, and then the midwife saying, that's poo, that's the baby's meconium. And um, it only happens in breech births because, um, oh, well, mostly in breech births because um, the baby's so... Um, pushed under so much pressure coming trying to come through the vaginal canal that it sort of pushes all their organs and gives them a massive clean out (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah so I just remember there being meconium from the bed from where I walked all the way to the toilet and um and and yeah so I was like wow okay this is different like you know but I I was hearing it was normal so I just sort of carried on and um um, yeah, so, um, and yeah, so after this and mostly throughout the labor, I was laboring on my right side and as it, after the waters w- were broken and, um, things progressed, I was lifting up one leg and have had to have somebody hold up one leg as I went through the contractions, um, so that was really interesting because I feel like everyone labors so differently, but for me, it was my right side the whole time. And I feel like that was just the baby's way of saying, look, it's the only way that I'm going to be able to wriggle enough to get into the perfect position to come out. And so I was on that side and, and I do remember vaguely, um, when they took the heartbeat one of the times and and they were like, Oh, the baby's heartbeats moved from this side to this side. Mm. Um, so the baby had moved, um, while it was on that right side. Um, so yeah, so I just sort of, somebody was lifting up my leg and I was like, and I remember the midwife really, really rubbing my back in between contractions or even during contractions maybe as well. Um, but yeah, so that was just like, um, yeah, that was just my side, my go-to position. Um, I remember them saying a couple of times, like, look, you can move a little bit, but it was just like not, not happening. And um, so, yeah, so at this point I think my obstetrician must have come in and said, okay, this is, you need to listen to me really carefully. And I remember him being really serious and um, he was completely hands-off and like besides the the breaking of my waters and until now he was just sort of sitting in the corner like, Hey, I remember looking over and he was like looking at his nails and, and like looking at the wall and, and just sort of being super casual. <laughs> so I was like, wow, this is actually, he's, he's, he's actually quite good just knowing that he's there, but 
sort of just doing his own thing yeah. and just really observing from afar um, which observing I found was, in a way that wasn't really a direct observing, just like yes. midwives do, which is yes. beautiful. You know, I love yeah. that really understand the physiology of birth and that do, that do that. They are that respectful yeah. and that woman center. They go like, okay, I'm I'm here. I can hear her. I can like peek sometimes, but she doesn't have to see that I'm looking at her. I'm right. looking at my nails and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose like he would know that that does make a huge difference. Like, and you know, I, I was I remember looking at his facial expressions a few times just to see okay, he's calm, cool, cool and calm. And so I don't have anything to be worried about, you know, but, um, so he sat down at this point next to me in between a contraction and said, look, when I tell you to push, once the pushing sort of comes on, he said, I really need you to listen to me and I need you to push when I tell you to push sort of thing, because what can happen is, um, I can't remember exactly what can happen, but I think Baby needs to, because she's, she was in that position, she needed to come out quite fast after I had started, after she'd gotten to a certain point. So mm. he said, you're really just going to want to listen to me and, um, and just like, just listen, just listen to what mm. I have to say once we get there. And I was like, okay. And he gave me an option of either being on, on my knees and leaning up against the back of the bed mm. um, or on my back with my legs and knees open wide, which is where I decided to stay because I have such open hips. Like I'm sat, when I do a yoga class, all the yoga teachers are like, oh, my gosh, like your hips are so open. So I was very comfortable with my on my back with my legs out wide. Um, and um, so, yeah, and I remember just getting this catch in my throat at this point, I was just getting a little catch in my throat. And then I remember hearing all the midwives say, Oh, was that a little, a little push? And, um, and they were like, Jazzy, was that a little push? And I was like, Oh, I just, I don't know. Like it, it was what it was like, let's just carry on, you know, like, and, um, everybody sort of started to say, look, you can't push yet because, um, you'll rupture membranes or, or something like that. And I was like, Oh, like you can't push yet. You just need to hold out. And I just was like, Oh my gosh, like this is such a natural thing that's happening. I just wanted to push so bad, but a couple of contractions came and went where they all just sort of talked me through it without me pushing, um, which I, uh, next time when I, when I birth next time, I will definitely be listening more to my in- intuition and, and where my body's at, because like, my body wouldn't be saying let's push if it wasn't ready to push, you know, and I've done a lot of research and a lot of reading since giving birth. And, um, you know, that's just my conclusion is that our bodies wouldn't, wouldn't do something unless it was right for us, you know, like, and our own body, our body's voice is probably the most um, vital thing. And the most, the best thing that you can do is to listen to that, you know, um, and just trust and um, trust in your body, you know, that your body will do what it needs to do. Um, so, yeah, um, so I remember starting to push and at this point my um, obstetrician came over and said, look, I'm not worried about um, about you pushing now. And I was like, great, okay, let's push, let's get this baby out. And I remember feeling this shift in, in the um, process, this massive shift from, from riding out each contraction to being able to do something different and, and give a little push and um, just the way that even just my vagina felt at this point, I was like, I felt great. Like it felt great. I remember putting my hands down and just feeling and, and just going, wow, this is um, 
great. What It's a change of scenery sort of thing. Like my body's doing something different other than trying to ride out each contraction, which I just remember going, oh, this is amazing. Um, so um, they've got my legs up in stirrup with this little foot pedal stirrup things at this point. And, um, and I just sort of rode, rode each contraction and pushed and... Um, I remember inviting every midwife on the wing in to watch the vaginal breech birth. I remember saying, look, everybody can come in now. And I, there was probably 10, 12 people in the room. Like there was the people that take take the baby after she comes out. And then there was like, you know, there was all the little teams that come in, like especially for a, what they call high risk or whatever. Um, they have all these little, yeah. yeah, all the all the little teams of people ready. So I was like, great, bring all the midwives in come on, we're doing this, this is happening. And um, so I had quite a few people in there at this point and um, this little old midwife came in at one point with a big flashlight, <laughs> like a big camping torch. And I remember she comes in with her little glasses and she's like, oh, quick, let me have a look. And she shines a torch right right on baby's like bum, which is coming out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, stop that. Like... <laughs> But, um, but yeah, it was just such a funny experience because I just felt like, wow, I just felt like such a, I just felt like I was doing such a great thing um, by having all these people witness this um, extraordinary way of birthing that they would probably say these days extraordinary. But um, I just wanted to um, just help the midwives and, and give them a little bit more experience. And I felt really useful at that point. I just mm-hmm. felt, wow, this is just such a great thing that I'm doing. Um. And, yeah, it was like a first for all of us, for me, for the midwives, for, you know, like it was a first for a lot of people who were in the room. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so um, I remember pushing and then um, baby's bum, which is the first thing to come out, um, sort of started to show when I, I wasn't looking but I could see my mum and my midwife and my sister and all the people's faces looking and I was like, okay, yep, there's a bum. I can definitely <laughs> see on their faces that there's a bum. <laughs> And, um, and the only, my, my obstetrician was sitting in between my legs and just sort of totally hands off. Um, he didn't even have to say, look, keep pushing. He didn't even have to do what he said he was gonna, he said, you've got to listen, but he didn't have to do any of that. Um, Mm -hmm. I just sort of did everything. And the only thing where he touched me once was to get her shoulder out once she had got to that point, Mm -hmm. um, it was just to get her little shoulder out, um, so yeah, so um, she's her head was still in there for a little bit, and I and then I they said, look, one more big push, and I pushed her head out with flying co- colours because I had already pushed the widest part of her out, so her head just fell out pretty much, <laughs> and um, and then yeah, they they lifted her. I'm going to get a little bit teary. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, they, they put her up on my chest and um, I just sort of went into, um, I went into shock a bit. I, I didn't really like even notice that she was there. It felt very natural that she was there, but um, I've got photos and my face is very um, like, it's. I was in shock. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that's over. And I think I actually said that like I think it was the first thing that I said that, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy that is over, just because, like, it was such a full-on and intense experience. But it wasn't long after that that I was like, I can't wait to do it again, you know, like I was just ready to do it again. Um, so, yeah, so I, I had a bit of a, a bleed. I can't remember how much, but they were like a little bit, 
worried about it. And I just remember after she had came out, she had come out and they put her on my chest. Um, um, they cut the cord and took her away from me quite quickly. And, um, they, they swarmed me with the, the, the injections and the thing. And they just sort of, nobody really like, I'm really happy with how everything went my birth. But now that I look back, like nobody really asked me, okay, we're going to, we're going to give you this Sintosin injection or, or the injection that goes into your leg um, to try and get the placenta out. And they just came over and the little old midwife just came and started pressing on my stomach really, really hard. And um, yeah, that was a little bit, um, that was a little bit shocking to me. And um, my mum, I remember she was a big advocate for me at this point saying, look, can we, can we not do this? Like she's in shock and um, you know, you're really hurting her. And um, I remember her being, quite a good strong voice for me at this point um you know and then and then explaining to her that we needed they needed to get the placenta out because um you know it was hemorrhaging or whatever was happening um so yeah so um they ended up getting the the placenta out I gave it a little push and it just sort of came out as it does quite normally and naturally it just sort of it flies out after giving birth (laughs) so um so yeah, and they had taken her away from me and put her in a little box, and um, and yeah, they um, they were worried about her oxygen oxygen levels. They had to put a little bit of oxygen, like a tube, in her nose, sort of thing, for her to um, breathe a little bit better. I'm not sure if that's because, yeah, I'm not really sure why that happened. I'm not sure if it's because I didn't push her head out fast enough or or whatever, but. Um, but yeah, they kept her in a box overnight, and um, and yeah, yeah. Mm. Was that yeah. next to you, or did they take her to? They took her to the nursery, and I wasn't really, um, you know, I wasn't really too. Like, oh, it sounds sort of horrible, but I wasn't really worried about her going to the nursery without me at this point. I mm. was just like, okay, and. Um, that was that. It wasn't really a sad thing. I just went, okay, I've really got to do, get some rest and um, and um, and then I can see her in the morning sort of thing. Like I breastfed her after they had um, examined me. And, um, yeah, so that's the other thing is that they, um, um, I remember him looking at me afterwards and after I'd passed the placenta and um, him saying, okay, doesn't look like you need stitches. And I was like, oh, my God yes hooray I'm not gonna get stitches like that's amazing and um yeah so that was a massive like a high point for me because I was like I don't want anyone else to touch me now like I just want to go and heal and spend time with my baby like you know so that was I was just celebrating after that um so yeah yeah that was that and they sort of took her off to the nursery and um I yeah, I saw her quite early the next morning. Like I breastfed her um, after they let me come in and see her for an hour from about two to three o'clock in the morning. I was just breastfeeding her and then I said, look, I've got to go rest because I could hardly keep my eyes open. And my family had all left at that point as well. Um, so it was just me and her in this sort of, we were the only ones in the ward at that point. Um, so it was just me and her sitting in this hospital room and I was like, this is sort of weird like it was just me and her and that's when I realized like oh it's just going to be me and you you know and it was a quite an emotional moment for me because um you know um yeah I was just like sorry (laughs) um 
Yeah, but I just knew after I had given birth that if we could do that, we could do anything, you know, like it, it wouldn't matter what, what happened in our lives or what life thrilled us. We could do anything because look at what we'd just done, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was it was just quite amazing to sort of feel. It was quite an, uh, like an amazing feeling. I can't even describe it. Like it was just, yeah, I was just so stunned and, Oh, completely proud of myself for everything that I had just gone through, um, mm. you know. And I remember my sister who was there, who's only sixteen. I should mention she was she's only sixteen, and um, oh, she might have been fifteen at the time. Oh, maybe she was fifteen at the time. Um, and I remember her saying, "I really believe that you were roaring the baby out and roaring through all your pain and suffering." Um, from your past and everything um and I just thought wow how beautiful for a, such a young person to say that because I really did roar throughout the pushing phase mm. I was just roaring and screaming I thought I was screaming everybody's heads off but um but yeah I just yeah and that was I suppose another form of release and another you know release for me to let go of everything and and move forward and you know so yeah it was just an amazing experience. For everyone listening, what was it that you were letting go of? What was it that you were roaring out? So I had come from quite a violent relationship um, and we had split up when I was five months pregnant. Um, so I had a very rocky start to my pregnancy, um, a lot of sadness and um, just a lot of pain and suffering. Um so that ended when I was about five months pregnant and then I realised, oh, I'm doing this on my own, you know. Um, and it was a, a healing. It was giving birth for me was healing all that trauma in a way, you know, like it was just healing all the trauma and, you know, it was sort of proving to myself that I don't need anyone, you know. I I, I don't need anyone. Like I can do anything, you know. Mm. Um so, yeah, so I suppose it was a massive transformational moment, you know, letting go of my past and my time in such a in such domestic violence, you know, that, um, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's just by chance that I happened to get out of there, you know, like not every woman does. And I'm mm. just so grateful every day that I managed to, uh, I don't know, I managed to get out of there somehow. And, um and yeah, so the birth, the birthing part was definitely just letting go of all that trauma and um, and realizing your strength. I mean, that yes. is truly what birth, the rite of passage of birth, should be like. Should show you yeah. your immense power as woman and your that's right and your resilience. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I went from being a little girl to a woman after that I just felt okay wow this is my this is womanhood this is what it's about you know because I was 21 when I gave birth to my daughter and um you know I just yeah I just felt like it was definitely a it carved a path for me it was like the road to womanhood for me um yeah it was just it was just incredible amazing wow what a blessing um, that you showed all these people what a normal vaginal breech birth looks like. Yum, yum. And uh, what an amazing I, story for yourself as well. That's right. And the other thing I should mention is that I didn't have any drugs. 
<laughs> I did it all naturally. Like I, I was just it was sort of going off my own um, emotions and my own hormones. Like that's what got me through. Mm. And they gave me the gas at one point and I just dried my mouth out and didn't do anything. <laughs> and I remember because I had braces on at the time and having a dry mouth with braces is probably like the worst thing that you could do with braces. So, um, so yeah, I'm pretty sure I had a couple of cut cuts inside my mouth after that, but it didn't really do anything for me. Like I remember saying like, what is this? Like, I just thought it was a joke. I was like, there's nothing, you guys haven't turned the gas on yet. (laughs) Turn it up or turn it on or do something. And they were like, it is on Jazzy. And I'm like, it's not on. (laughs) So if you had a first time mama in front of you right now, who's about to have her first baby and she really wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience, what advice or pearls of wisdom would you give to her? I would definitely start by saying to trust your gut. I feel like your intuition throughout pregnancy is enhanced quite, quite, um, majorly, Mm. um, and I feel like if you can really tap into that and and go within and and find out what you and your body wants to do, you know, and make a little agreement with yourself and go, yeah, okay, that's what I'm feeling. That's what we'll do. I, I just feel like that is a massive thing. And I wish sort of that I trusted my intuition a little bit more, like even though I knew what I wanted to do um, with my birth, but it, with other things I, I feel like I wish I, I tapped into my um my myself a little bit more um and yeah and the other thing is that if you can like and if you don't have support um I would recommend you know getting a doula for starters find go do a little job interview day and interview a couple different doulas if you have to you know and find a doula that's right for you Mm. um I, I would definitely definitely um encourage people to do that because um you know, I just feel like the support part part of things, it's just, it, it's vital. And I understand that so many women don't have support. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was lucky because even though I'd split up with my daughter's father, um, I was lucky because I had all these, oh, it's funny because as soon as he left, all these beautiful women stepped up. It's like they showed themselves, you know, because he was no longer there. Um, they were able to show themselves in my life. And that was just... Um, you know, that was the most, probably the most helpful part of the whole thing was that I was able to um, create a little community. And I, I, I didn't have um, have any other women's support when I was with my daughter's dad. I, I sort of, I just sort of, we just sort of stayed at home and um, didn't, I didn't sort of let many people in. Mm. Um, so, you know, once I cut away that tie um, and I was able to build a community, um, that, that was a massive help, you know, and I was thinking if I didn't have those women, I would have gotten a doula, you know, and even if I didn't have the funds, I would find a doula that would be yeah. able to support me in, in different ways and I could pay her back in different ways, you know, mm. because that's another thing is that, you know, what if mamas don't have um, the money to sort of um, have a doula you know, and if you can find a doula that you can sort of explain that to yeah. um, and explain your situation and, and one that comes along and says, totally fine, you know, you found the right one, you know, that's what mm. I would suggest, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so my birth as well, I should mention that my birth was so empowering to me that I, 
enrolled in university <laughs> the week of my daughter's birth to be a midwife. I think I rang up the uni and said, I really want to be a midwife. Where do I start? Wow. Um, and I'd never, never showed any sort of interest in that sort of stuff until I'd given birth. Um, but they sort of said, look, um, you know, you, you need to have a year 10 or 12 certificate. And I was like, oh, no, I don't have one of those. Um, so I did. I spent the first year of her life um, doing the bridging course to enable me to do midwifery, which I'll start next year, fingers crossed. Wow. And um, I also was, was trained last year to be a doula as well because I just wanted to do something now. I just know how much I've got to offer birthing mums as a doula. Um, and as a midwife as well, but doula, being a doula meant I could start right away sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it just empowered my life and it just changed everything and, and anybody who knew um, who I was before and um, who I was after becoming a mum can can verify uh, the transformation that it had on me. Yeah, um, yeah just just incredible stuff and that's, that's why I want to do it as a living, you know. Um, Beautiful, Jessie. Yeah. Profession needs women like you. That's right, yeah. Especially coming, if I was to come into the midwife world, having experienced a, a breech birth, my, my own mm. breech birth, I just feel like I've got um, a lot of confidence to share with women. Um, mm. It's all about confidence and, and, and just sort of it's all about sort of being able to accept people's opinions um, but also accepting their opinions, but also going, yeah, okay, and, and still going with with what you yourself know is the right thing to do, yeah. you know. Um, instead of saying no, no, that's not, I don't want to do that, blah blah blah, you know, that's not what I want to do. It's just, it's just saying, okay, that's fine, that's your opinion. Mm. Um, you know, I'm actually going to go this route, you know, because mm. that's what works for me. Um, yeah. If you had a mama who just found out that she has a breech baby on board, what would you tell her? I would, if she was in my area, I would start by giving her the name and number of my obstetrician. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And if not, if she's not in your area, what would you tell her? I would just, I would suggest researching people who do support breech births. And then if I would also say, you know, just to trust yourself, you know, like just trusting if, if you feel like it's not right for you, then, then that's, you know, you really got to reach down and say, is this right? Mm-hmm. And if it, if it's not right, then don't, don't go ahead with it because, you know, I feel like that's how you could end up with tra- traumatic sort of stuff happening and just going, I'll just do this because it's so rare and people don't do it. But you know, you really have to trust your inst- instinct once again, and um, and yeah, and just sort of and just sort of go with it, and don't think too much about it. Just don't don't go into a, a spiral of thoughts and and statistics, and um, you know, and just and just go with whatever feels right. Mm, trust yeah, your instinct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and if you feel open to um, inviting midwives in while you do it I would I would probably suggest that too just so you know people get more experience and um and yeah and it becomes more normalized that's that's really like for me personally that would is what I would love 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 to see is that breech birth is just like it's just a normal thing because it is it is a normal thing the only thing that's happened over time is that people have you know, it's people have lost touch with breech births and they've, they haven't gained the experience and they haven't been trained um, mm. just to see a baby coming in a different position. You know, they haven't been trained to sort of deal with that. 
yeah. you know. So, so yeah, I would just say to trust your instincts and trust your intuition and, and um, just go with what you feel feel is right because, yeah. you know, you're the only one who can answer it for yourself. Yeah. Very true. Thank you so much for your breach, birth, wisdom and for sharing your birth story with us. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please share it. Grade it on iTunes and leave a comment. If you want to connect on social media, you can find me on Facebook as The Spiritual Midwife or on Instagram as The underscore Spiritual underscore Midwife. Thank you for listening.